0: Buried alive A phrase that feels unfamiliar once heard What's a woman buried alive? I bet what comes to your mind is that she has fallen victim to a patriarchal society. But before we get to the story of the woman buried alive, let's recall the day when we were walking in Alumel Street, one of the most popular streets in the Gaza Strip, and one of the very few places that people of Gaza could visit aside from the sea. I regret to say that a 16-year-old girl was killed by her father, who also broke her sister's hand while trying to defend her. The other girl ran away to her uncle's house and left her sister to be beaten by their father. The girl died as her father kept beating her so hard. For me, a father is a haven of safety and protection. I'm really shocked when I hear about fathers who kill their daughters, Yet this is the third time we hear about it this year. In this past year, 2020, we've heard so many stories of violence against women. Women killings have become routine. And there is no law to protect women from violence and killings. And this is where the idea for Buried Alive came from. I remember now the voices of young girls playing in the streets of the neighborhood we visited. I wondered how their future would look like when they grew up. And suddenly, I recall how the sounds of them playing turned into the sounds of fainting heartbeats and into the weeping of mothers whose daughters were killed. Our story begins with the victim, whom we will call by her initials FM. I remember when we got her mother's number, we called and visited her and listened to her telling the details of her daughter's murder. Two days earlier she called me and said my cousin is getting married and I want to go to the wedding, but my father says no. I begged my grandma to come and take me to the wedding. I told her, God willing, you will go. She said, Mamma, come and see me. It has been a while, and I miss you. As the girls grew up, they started looking for me, their mother, and they tried to contact me, but they were forbidden by their father. They can't ask or look for me, or even see me. I used to tell her it's okay. One day you will get married, and we will visit each other as much as we want. What can we do? This is our destiny, pray to God. She called me from time to time to tell me her news and share what bothered her. On the day of her cousin's wedding, she said she wanted to go. She had never been to a wedding before. She never felt the joy of it, like other girls did. She was never free to come and go as she pleases. It was the first time leaving the house in a very long time. People say she was staring at them in the wedding hall because it felt weird for her to be around people. She had never been to such crowded places where people sang and danced. She had never seen that in her life. It was really important for her to look good. She had blossomed into a beautiful young lady after all. She told me that she didn't have suitable clothes, I told her I would get her anything she needed or wanted. She said she wanted a long dress to wear at the wedding. I bought the dress and some other accessories and sent them to her. On the day of the wedding, three hours before the party, she told me that she called her grandma to come and convince her father to let her go. The grandma agreed. She told me, Mama, please come to the party. I want to see you. She was 17 and she rarely saw her mother. For 17 years, whenever she uttered a word about her mother, she was beaten and called names. She could never even mention her. She was told, your mother is an animal. She left you behind. She chose divorce over you. She remarried. She went to the wedding and asked me to go so she could see me. I told her that I would try, I swear I never went, and maybe that was the biggest mistake of my life. She begged me to go and see her, but I didn't, and I never saw her or she me. My sister went to the wedding, not me, and my daughter saw her aunt for the very first time. The word reached her father that she saw her mother, talked to her, and sat next to her, which he didn't like at all. Why on that specific day did my daughter die? Why did this happen to her on that particular day? I want a reason, a valid one. I want to know why on that day when she went to the party and the word reached her father that she saw me. I want answers. I went to the hospital where she was taken. A doctor met me on the floor where the surgery theater was. She asked if I was related and I said I was her mother. She then told me that she had died. I didn't feel anything. I fainted and had a breakdown. Some women took me aside and tried to calm me. They tried to console me by saying that she was an angel and God took her back. I never imagined my daughter would die in such a horrible way. This takes us to why we began searching for a law to protect women, as it allegedly is the only way to shield women against violence in this society. But unfortunately, we found out that the law does not protect women, but rather aids in their murder, although killing is a crime worldwide. But taking a woman's life is protected by the law here. Ms. Zena Bilhounemi, the head of Legal Advice and Research Center, tells us more about this law. She is trying hard to get the family protection law approved, but faces enemies right and left. She says, يعني legal punishment for killing wounding or causing any harm is fixed and does not discriminate between men and women the only exception in gray area is article 18 which states that killing to defend self, wealth, honor, and someone else's wealth or honor can be subject to a lighter punishment. This is a legal cover for honor killings because it is always women who fall prey because of this article. So when a man kills a woman in the context of defending his honor, the crime is transferred from a felony to a misdemeanor. In the cases of honor killings, they twist the law. The prosecutor twists the case for the judge to view it as a case of defending honor. In some cases, the evidence goes missing or is tampered with. For example, we received a case of a woman who was said to have taken her own life. We got files after the case was closed. But then we looked into them and reopened the case with the prosecution. We found out that most of the evidence was missing or tampered with. It was said she burned herself while she lay in bed. Isn't the bed also supposed to be burned? Shouldn't the walls be charred and black? Shouldn't there be any traces of the fire? But the lady's face was blue and her tongue was popping out of her mouth. This means someone choked her to death. The third piece of proof that she was killed was that she had an injection in the hospital that put her to sleep. And then the incident, her death, happened an hour later which means she was killed in her sleep. All this shows is that this case is a felony, but the case keeps getting shut because all the evidence is missing. And all this losing the evidence, twisting the case to become one about defense of honor and lawyers who specialize in making such claims make it easier to get away with the crime. And unfortunately, the culture surrounding honor killings influence the judge's opinion and anyone working to defend such cases. So killing women is a crime all over the world, yet it's easy for a woman to get killed for trivial things in 21st century Palestine. We are speaking of petty reasons, like making a phone call, for example. Maybe if women knew that the law can also protect them, we would not reach where we are today, killed in cold blood. Of course, I cannot forget the moment we listened to the story of the girl whose father buried her alive for 27 days or when I was filming with the family of the victims and the sadness in their eyes. Oddly, I never saw pictures of victims hung on the walls of the families' houses. I was torn between my work as a journalist and my own feelings. How could they live without a memory of the victim? How could they reconnect with them and keep their memories alive? And I remember after two days of filming and reaching out to the family of the first case, and the physical and emotional pain they were enduring, how they withdrew their consent. We could not air anything about her, and I thought for a second if we were on the right track, and whether all the families would also do the same. Fear of stigma and social backlash when a victim is killed is one of the reasons why the rights of these women are lost, because simply their murder is categorized as an honor killing. This episode was produced by Rima and Sawat.